Welcome to the Fantasy Football Predictive Analytics with Reese Tiefertiller. Welcome back to another episode of Fantasy Football Predictive Analytics with Reese and longtime friend Ryan McDowell. Ryan, how are you this week? Doing well, guys. Glad to be back on here with you all. It's always always good to talk to Reese, and you know it's okay to talk to Jeff too. I hear that, man. I get that kind of treatment <laughs> from Reese. In fact, last time you talked to Reese, he had long hair and he got all cut. Now That's, I was noticing that, yeah. And so uh, it's just one of those things. Cold on. I though. feel more. I feel more at home now. Yeah, me too. <laughs> Ryan, how are your dynasty leagues going? How are your teams doing this year? Uh pretty good. You know, it's. it's it's a weird question to answer after uh, after this week seven, you know, all the buys. I mean, every everybody was going through the same thing. I guess that's that's the good news. We were kind of on even footing with so many uh, so many good players out. But yeah, I would say competitive in in almost every dynasty league. So that's that's a decent spot to be. I'm definitely not running away with with any titles yet, but hopefully uh, grind out a few. So race. KS1, Ryan has an awesome team. I have an okay team. It's my third best KS team. But Ryan and I are 1-2. He's got a game or two up on me. I don't know if he noticed. But Ryan's got I, he's got a juggernaut in that league. Do you know? Uh, I think I've got a good team in that one. You know, that's uh, that's also the uh, – I think that's the the lowest entry stakes – or, yeah, lowest stakes, I guess you should say, could say of the – of the kitchen sink league. So I wish, uh, wish I had better teams and the ones that are a little more costly and a little more rewarding, but uh, it's always good to have good teams. Yeah. Uh, you know, I've, I've got Sean Watson on that team. Of course, that's been a big storyline. Maybe it's, maybe it continues to be a big storyline in the coming days here. Um, that's, that's been tough to, to deal with, obviously from a super flex standpoint uh, and, and, you know, going going way beyond football and fantasy football, uh, a a touchy subject to say the least. Uh, I mean, I don't even know. I don't even know if I'm rooting for this guy to play. You know, it's it's such a weird uh, situation when you mix in fantasy. You've got him on your team. You want some production, but also it's just a question of do we even want to cheer for this guy? I don't. I don't know. So who else is on that juggernaut team for you? Uh, I've got uh, I've got Dak Prescott and Tua on that one. So that's uh, again super flex league. Not not the strongest quarterback uh, core there. Uh, thanks to Watson. Uh, running backs. I've got Zeke and Kamara, and I've got uh, Daryl Henderson having a big year. He's been a nice surprise. Got good wide receivers: Tyreek Hill and, and DJ Moore, Mike Evans, Claypool. Uh, and then I've got I've got Andrews and Kelsey. So some pretty good pieces. Russell Wilson, uh, Clyde Edwards-Helaire on the injured reserve right now. Uh, not too bad. So he's got Dak, Wilson, and Watson. And he says <laughs> not so bad. So Ryan, <laughs> just for the sake of Reese, pull over to my team in that league and see show. Especially after today, I had to put Adams on injured reserve uh, for COVID. Yeah, it hurt me. You know, I, I have been surprised. I mean, that, that it, it's starting to pop up here a little bit, of course, with, with Adams and Lazard now as well, his teammate. Uh, a bit surprised that 
COVID overall has not been a bigger storyline this year as far as impacting players, uh, pushing in any games back. Of course, that's it, it feels like that's all we dealt with last year. Um, and it, it's not, not quite a non-story, uh, but, you know, it, it seems like teams are just dealing with it and, and moving on. Um, so let's see. I'm, I'm looking for your team. Here we go. Uh, okay. You've got, yeah, see, this is, I think this is a, a good topic here. You, Jeff, you always hoard these quarterbacks. So I always know you're going to have uh, half a dozen quarterbacks on your team. You've got Lawrence and Justin Fields on taxi. No, that one, I don't have them on taxi, do I? Right. Yeah. You've got, got them there available to use. Uh, and then got some veterans as well. Teddy, Matt, Ryan. Ryan, Ben Roethlisberger, Garoppolo, uh, Cam Newton. You know that that could be another story in the coming days. I feel like I feel like that's eventually going to uh, be a change for him that that he gets back into the league. Couple couple different teams need some help at the quarterback position, to say the least, right now. I, I can't believe the Jets. And I mean, I know it's a different offense from what you would have with Zach Wilson or what you would have with Zach with uh with joe flacco but i can't believe you'd rather give a, a fifth or sixth round pick for joe flacco rather than sign cam newton off the street it, it i don't know it doesn't make sense you say that Minshew was for a sixth round pick and i'd much rather Minshew than flacco because i know oh Minshew yeah put up 15 20 points and he's cheap yes. and Minshew's still on that rookie deal but right well, yeah you could look at at half a dozen teams at least around the league that should have been in on Minshew. You know, we we deal with that in in fantasy leagues and dynasty leagues too, right? I mean, uh, one of the other somebody else in your league pulls off a trade, and you think, oh, I would have paid more than that, right? I would have given the guy a second. He took a third, and I mean, the Steelers had to have been thinking that, and and Washington, and so many other teams that uh, that Jacksonville only got a six rounder for Minshew. I would have given a fourth. But, you know, sometimes you got to knock on the door and, and see what the price is. Oh, yeah. In that league, though, Ryan, I had Eckler that I – you may like it or not, but anybody that's listening, the KS leagues or contracts. So you're juggling – you're making bad trades that are good trades because of contracts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I gave up Eckler on a one and Connor on a two for uh, Barkley on a two and Booker yeah. on one. And just yeah. to be able to juggle my ones. But – Anyway, no, I, I liked that move. Um, yeah, I think Barkley's yeah, – I, I didn't think I'd be calling Barkley a buy low, but uh, that's kind of where we are now. Yeah. There's ups and downs. Like most fantasy players, is, or at least most players are fantasy so far this year. Oh, yeah. So a year from now, October, we're filming this on, I believe, the 26th. Who will be the top uh, player at each position in Dynasty that you see? You can also list off off your top three or top tier, depending on how you see them. Yeah, I always love this topic um, because this is this is really when it comes to Dynasty. This is kind of how my how my mind works, and almost every move I make in Dynasty is is kind of coming from this standpoint of thinking about future value. Um, thinking about ADP, I, I deal with that so much. And, and Jeff, I know you're kind of in the same uh, the same boat with me. Um, you look at the quarterback position right now. I don't foresee a ton of change, honestly. I, I feel like we have um, four or five, maybe six top guys, depending on uh, how you value 
Dak and, and Justin Herbert, those guys kind of at the bottom of that tier. But, you know, despite what we've seen the past couple of weeks, I still think Patrick Mahomes is the QB one right now. I still think a year from now, he'll be the QB one. He'll be 27 at that point. Tyreek Hill's not going anywhere. Uh, I, I don't think Travis Kelsey's going anywhere over the next year. Definitely getting closer to that, that age wall. He's 32 now, I believe. So just turned 32. Uh, so we're going to see him start to slow down for sure. But uh, if you're just thinking over the next year, week seven or eight of the 2022 season, the Chiefs are still going to be uh, still going to be producing, and, and Mahomes is still QB1, in my opinion. Uh, I think Kyler Murray, so far, what we've seen this year is kind of locked himself into that QB2 spot, and really, I see some upside there. He's he's not running nearly as much as he uh, has the past couple years. He hasn't had to. They're, they're killing people, killing other teams, and he doesn't have to run the ball. He's uh, of course, got some added weapons there in Arizona. Um, so I feel like it, whether it's a situation of they're in tight games, if if one of those receivers goes down, uh, whatever might force Kyler to run the ball more, uh, he, he's gaining value as a result of that. Uh, and, and as I said, locking himself into that second spot. Uh, I know most people would say Josh Allen next. It's still Lamar Jackson for me. But obviously, uh, obviously, Josh Allen is, is right there in that three, four spot as well. Uh, so that's that's kind of how I would see the top three quarterbacks right now. I have Allen below them. And I actually think Watson and or Lawrence could impact those top five. For sure. I mean, um, you've got you've got the I guess the big three rookies. I don't know if it's fair to call them that right now, the way they've started. But Lawrence Fields, Lance. Uh, I think people still see a lot of upside with all three of those guys. And um, if, if, if we see some consistent production from them, I mean, they're already valued pretty highly. So if we see the production from them, it's not going to take much. I don't think to uh, move them ahead of, um, you know, maybe Russell Wilson, maybe even Dak Prescott value wise. Um, and, and then Watson's the ultimate wild card. I mean, who knows? I, Honestly, I still kind of see a, a 2022 suspension. Um, but, of course, I'm no legal expert. I, I listen to your buddy over at Football Guys, Drew Davenport, on that stuff. He's done a great job uh, sharing his thoughts on, on Twitter and on his podcast about uh, the Watson situation. So, like I said earlier, I don't even know what I'm rooting for at this point. Um, but it's, it's, that's a messy one. But you're right. If, if he's on the field, if he's playing – I mean, he's going to produce, especially if he's uh, on a new offense with uh, presumably better weapons than what he's had the past couple of years with Houston. Yeah. Um, you, you know, so a, a trade, a trade to Carolina, a trade to Philly, a trade to uh, I, I heard your Broncos thrown around, Reese. I don't know if that's, you know, we're, we're getting into crazy season as the trade deadline approaches and, and you start hearing all kinds of things. I kind of feel like Carolina has to be the leader right now um, that that front office, that ownership has been aggressive um, really since they took over. Um, and this would, you know, this would be another aggressive move, certainly going out and getting Watson, especially after they uh, picked up the option on, on Sam Darnold for next year. Yes. I do think, I do agree with you that Carolina is the front runner. But also as a fantasy player, can you imagine him and Christian McCaffrey in the same backfield and throwing to DJ Moore, Terrence Marshall, Robbie Anderson? 
Yeah. Yeah. So Reese, you on the Josh Allen, Reese pointed out a pretty interesting Josh Allen stat to me today. You know what I'm talking about? Yes. Oh, the Bills have yet to beat a team with a 500 record. Yeah, we're calling them Super Bowl contenders. They've done that. And Allen's only played one game. That was week one against the Steelers against a team that is not top 10 in points a lot given up to quarterbacks. Yeah, that 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 is interesting. It seems like there's there's a lot of Josh Allen haters out there ready to bury him. Uh, it, it was a little bit of a slow start. I, I'm not saying you're one of those, Reese. Not saying it's you. Oh, it's uh, not a little me. bit of a slow yeah, start. For him. It's me. <laughs> I, I am he. You own it, huh? Um, yeah. Like like I said, I, I, not not really a hater, but I'm I'm with you on uh, favoring Lamar and 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 some of those other guys over uh over Allen at, at running back of course I mean changing of the guard right um it's been McCaffrey and Cook and Kamara and Zeke there Jonathan Taylor's been there the past year after a, after an impressive rookie season but now you know we we've, we've thrown it all up in the air like you know it's that it's that gif of just throwing the papers all up in the air and, and they're coming down everywhere and that's what we've got um some people are still there some dynasty managers still there with those uh, those veterans as the top guys, and and I get that, you know, uh, some of them are producing. Kamara had a had a great game on Monday night, um, uh, but I'm I'm always one that's going to kind of shift and 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 lean towards the youth. So you know, if if and I didn't even mention Barkley in there. I just just realizing that now that I left him out of that group. But I mean, if DeAndre Swift and and Dalvin Cook are basically going to score in the same uh, the same range on a week to week basis, then there's no conversation. Give me the guy that's three or four years younger. So you can talk about Swift and, um, and, and Jonathan Taylor and Najee Harris in that group, comparing them to how these veterans are producing. And so right now, if I'm looking ahead to next year, those would be my top three, Taylor Swift and, and, and Najee Harris. I know I saw you did not mention when you're talking about the veterans, you did not mention the uh, running back one through the past seven games, Derrick Henry, or even Nick Chubb and one of those guys. Where do you rank them in there? You know, it's been a real a real like roller coaster for me and and Derrick Henry because I've I've always um I, I've always been one of those who has made excuses not to value him higher. Um, you know, whether it's age, he's a year or two older than even than than Kamara and Cook, uh, or the workload, or the fact that he's not heavily involved in the passing game. I've and th- there's a lot of people out there that that make those excuses. I've been one of those, e- even through last year when he was rushing for 2,000 yards. But I mean, I've come to the conclusion we call you know we call call Christian McCaffrey a freak because of his uh, his skill on the field, his, his work in the passing game as a receiver and, and as a rusher. And uh, I mean, Derrick Henry is as much of a freak, if not more so. And at this point, if I'm contending and and I I really do think, and I know some people keep contending rankings versus uh, building rankings or however you want to think about that Um, productive struggle rankings, I guess you could say, if I'm contending, there's no running back I want more right now than Derrick Henry. Now, that doesn't mean he's my RB1 in Dynasty, but uh, on, on those kitchen sink teams, I would trade 
any of my any of my running backs easily right now for him, including Kamara or or anybody else I might have. Yeah, especially uh, Nick Chubb. I'm, yeah, I mean Nick Chubb would, would be. He might not even be in my top twelve running backs right now. We're just not going to see. We're not going to see the rush or the receiving production. Uh, same thing we would say with with Henry. Uh, I don't think he's that freaky type of runner uh, like Henry is. As far as he's going to run over people, he, he's already shown. Unfortunately, he doesn't have the durability that Henry does, being nicked up uh, a little bit over the past couple of years. Nicked up, pun intended. I'm sure. Oh, actually, no. (laughs) Two things for you, Ryan. First of all, would you rather have Hunt or Chubb for Dynasty? Uh, Still Chubb. Yeah, still Chubb. But I I think it's a conversation, and it probably wasn't uh, at the beginning of the season. I I know Hunt's outscored him so far. Yeah. And so, so Reese, Ryan puts out on Twitter, it may have been yesterday. Hey, you can make a, a case for running back, mm. receiver, tight end, a rookie being top at his position. And Ryan took offense at my response. <laughs> no, not at all. Not at all. He told me not to give up, as in my day job. <laughs> all I said is, he puts that out there, and all I say is, I don't have Trey Sermon as high as others, I guess. <laughs> There was uh, there was actually some some confusion on which rookie running back that could be uh, that that could be in consideration for the RB one spot overall, and uh, of course I'm referring to Najee Harris, but um, there were some who couldn't think of any rookie running back who should be in that in that category. There were some who thought it might be Javante Williams. I was uh, referring to. I, I I've been impressed with Williams so far. I. I think he's gained value. I've seen some who suggest he might have lost value uh, so far through the first couple months of the season. Uh, I don't think there's any discount on him in Dynasty. If no. there is, I want to I want to take advantage of it, though. Let me ask both of you. I'll ask Reese first, give you a chance. Dynasty, do you want Etienne or Javante Williams? Javante Williams. Melvin Gordon's going to be out in a year or two, and I'd much rather be behind Melvin Gordon, especially because now we'll get the extra, I don't know, month or two where Williams is fully past Gordon. We'll get that that we won't get with that team. And with uh, Javante, he got better offensive line, and I trust the people calling plays a lot more than the, the Jack, Jacksonville mess, which isn't saying much but because my friends could run, run the Jacksonville Jaguars better than their owner, but – could they grind out some rankings that would – never mind. Urban Meyer's got that covered. Ryan, which one do, would you rather have? Uh, yeah, Javante, not really a question at, at this point. Not not even close for me. Uh, as I said, I, I, I think he's gained value. If the Broncos are smart, Melvin Gordon should be gone in a day or two. He should be one of these guys uh, being shopped at the trade deadline, in my opinion. They've got to be realistic about uh, their outlook the rest of the season. And uh, – I don't know what his market is. Maybe he gets you a fifth rounder or something like that. Maybe he gets you some, I don't know, some help on defense or something, but uh, getting anything from Elvin Gordon and, and handing the job to Javante Williams would be a smart move. Probably not something we'll see at this point. I would assume, um, you know, that the NFL trade deadline is usually a, a lot of talk and not much action. Yeah. But what, but we, you say that, but what would be his market outside of a team like, 
Baltimore. Air, Baltimore, yes. But there's not much market. Baltimore, Miami, maybe. KC. But yeah. the other good thing for Denver, and Ryan's going to laugh at me on this, all the dynasty guys, you'll see it. If this happens, you'll see it all over Twitter. People just going bonkers over Mike Boone now in Denver being Javante's <laughs> backup. There's this oh, John, yeah. there's this Mike Boone cult out there among dynasty owners, Reese, that is untold. Is this true, Ryan? It it is true for some reason. I, I don't get it. I mean, a nice player, good, good, uh, good preseason guy. Always seems to pop in yeah. the preseason, but uh, I don't know. Yeah, maybe he would get some some opportunity. Um <laughs> As far as Gordon's market, I mean, the, the market for uh, any veteran running back is is not going to be strong. I mean, he's not you're not getting a day one or day two pick for Melvin Gordon. Um, but again, getting anything for him, I think he's a free agent at the end of the season. Reese, you probably know, know better on that than I do. Uh, but getting anything for him versus him walking at the end of the season or even at the end of next year, whenever that contract is up, is uh is a better move and yeah jeff you mentioned baltimore five and two tied for the top of that division they should be interested i would think um and and then just i mean the the raiders i haven't heard too much more about jacob's injury they're leading their division uh they could definitely use a guy like that i don't know if the i don't know if denver and the raiders would ever pull off a trade (laughs) that they don't want to help each other but um yeah if you look at if you look at running back rankings, fantasy rankings uh, over the past two or three weeks, I mean, your top, top 12, top 15, top 20 is littered with backup running backs that we uh, didn't really care about a, a month ago. And a lot of those teams uh, should be interested in a guy like Melvin Gordon. If Sony Michelle can get a fourth, it's hard for me to imagine <laughs> that Gordon gets right. a ton less. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, sorry, go ahead, Reese. Oh no, you go. Uh, I was just still thinking about our our, our top players at each position. Uh, we hadn't talked wide receiver yet. Uh, it, I mean, it's got to be Jamar Chase. It's got to be Jamar Chase at the top. Uh, we're we're what seven games into his career. He he's been dominant, uh, a dominant start to his career. And the good thing is, and you know, you can argue Chase versus Jefferson or um, AJ Brown or DK Metcalf or CD Lamb. The good thing, in my opinion, is that we've got all these options, right? Even if you don't get the number one guy, even if you get the fifth guy, you're still getting DK Metcalf or AJ Brown or or uh, whoever that might end up being. Um, I think the really interesting conversation is those that group versus. Tyreek Hill and Devonte Adams. Um, maybe we can include Stefan Diggs in there. He started the season a little slowly compared to last year, but um, it goes back to the same thing I said with running backs. If you're, if you're telling me that player A and player B are, are scoring within two or three points of, of each other on a week in and week out basis, I don't even need to know names. Give me the younger guy. Yeah. One last thought for you on the running backs. And Cam Akers comes back from injury next season. How do you expect their, that backfield to play out? You know, there was a report uh, yesterday that if they make the playoffs and make a deep playoff run, he could he could get back on the field. I, I was shocked to see that. Um, again, far from a doctor or medical expert, but 
we've, we've all seen uh, once he went down with that injury, we all saw the comps. We saw the list of running backs who have dealt with that injury in the past. And, and it's an ugly list, uh, not because of the, the names that are on there, but because they never really came back and were a factor in the league. And I don't know how much medicine has changed and, and, and the way that's treated and repaired. I don't know how much that's changed over the past few years. Um, I will say Marlon Mack, who had the same injury, is, has been better than I expected him to be. I, I, I didn't think we'd ever see him again in the league, and he, he's been solid, you know, a solid third option there in Indianapolis. He's getting some, a little bit of trade buzz as well as we head into this deadline. Uh, so that's, that's good news. Um, Henderson's also been a lot better than I expected and then most people expected. And um, my buddy, Dan Myler, who co-hosts the DLF podcast with me, said it pretty well a couple weeks ago. Henderson has been what we wanted Cam Akers to be. Yes. He's been that all around back. He's produced, he's uh, gotten work in the red zone. He's catching the ball. He's doing it all. Um, as, as great as we thought Cam Akers would be and expected him to be, I don't know how you just, totally go away from from daryl henderson so i mean if they're both healthy if at the start of next year or or even at the end of this season uh if if that somehow happens um i think it's got to be at least some type of share backfield you can't just dump uh daryl henderson or, or make him a a a backup no, i would say he's got to stay healthy for a prolonged. i mean henderson let's see a longer sample of him staying healthy with the full workload would be my sure. only because he didn't have that much workload at Memphis, you know, or and even like last year when Akers missed a game or two, we all got excited yeah, and got let down. And so I just, well, I think we're also talking about a, a totally different offense yeah. um, and all, all based on that quarterback change. Yeah. I'm with you. How about on the receivers? You mentioned that, that big, chunk of guys i have a lesser lesser ranked guy that i think is going to be important to many for various reasons many fancy finest well, finishes who i was going to guess your boy mclaurin no i think mclaurin <laughs> is is bound by like i have mclaurin super high i have him in my top five but i think he is limited in the short term by quarterback play but there's two two receivers that i think that could impact dynasty playoff finishes one is michael thomas the other is jerry judy and judy comes back this coming week thomas is still a week or two away and uh no new orleans doesn't throw the ball much and no teddy hasn't played that great but the wide receiver position is looking pretty ugly at times during these bye week these bye weeks sure and so I, i don't know if we see vintage mike thomas it's hard for me not to think that he's going to be important or impactful for uh, fancy. And Judy played great. Judy was set up for success. Yes. Yeah, Thomas, um, you know, I think at this point I'm just kind of, uh, I'll believe it when I see it, <laughs> kind of with, with Thomas. Um, I, I'm still not convinced he plays at all this season. Um, of course, the injury issue and uh, just in general being frustrated and disgruntled with, with the saints front office or coaching staff or what, 
whatever the situation is. Um, and, and yeah, like you, you kind of alluded to there. I don't, I don't know if that's a team we want a part of anyway, outside of Kamara. Um, I mean, Jameis, we know throws those, those YOLO balls, right. He, he'll just throw them up, but we haven't really seen that. So I don't, I don't know if that he's being limited a little bit by Sean Payton, which probably should be uh, as, as turnover prone as he has been in the past. Um, so I, Thomas would, would not be one I would be investing in. You know, if you've got him on your roster and, and he comes back, then, of course, great news. That's, that's kind of a free, um, a free square as, as we get close to the fantasy playoffs. Uh, Judy, I would definitely be more interested in, uh, although Cortland Sutton has played really well, I think, especially over the past, um, past couple of weeks uh, with Judy gone. So it will be interesting to see how those two – uh, coexist and uh, really who the alpha is there. Cause I, I'm not sure. I, I thought it would be Judy. Uh, maybe Sutton has, has claimed that role. Yeah. Two thoughts for you. One, who we do have to give credit to the Broncos for trade for getting Bridgewater for, I believe it was a fifth while the Jets cut Darnold for a second. Uh, <laughs> Panthers got Darnold for a second. And it's the same price as the Jets paid for Flacco. Yes. And two, I saw a graphic from ESPN during the Monday Night Football game where before the game, Brid, not Bridgewater, Winston was on pace for 40 touchdowns and 10, uh, 10 interceptions. So we do have to give him some credit for at least being a fancy viable quarterback starter-ish, at least if he's throwing 40 touchdowns. And it's all touchdowns, right? Yes. Yeah. I forgot which game it was. He had 150 yards and four touchdowns. That was against the Packers. And I was like, you know, it's hard for me. I'm not a stat head kind of guy, but it's hard for me not to think that there's going to be regression. Mm -hmm. As we move into tight ends, Ryan, let me lead you with this. There's three guys at the top, and you could put them in order. I think three guys. I'll say uh, Waller, Kelsey, and Pitts. Are those the top three you would have in Dynasty? Uh, if if we're looking ahead to next year, it it would be different for me. Um, as I said, I, th- I think we're starting to see a little bit of, of a um, a drop for Travis Kelsey. Um, not necessarily his production. I, you know, you don't want to take too much away just from this this one game we saw uh, this past Sunday, but. Uh, the, the numbers are still there. The production's still there, but you know, we're seeing him get nicked up. He's coming in and out of the game a lot more. And uh, I'm, I'm just afraid that he's going to be one of those guys that once he hits the wall, he hits it hard. Um, so w- with, with some younger tight ends um, playing well, I would, I would probably push Kelsey out of the top three. If we're talking about October of 2022, so, I mean, Pitts is certainly the number one. I don't think there's any argument there. You know, if you look at these positions we talked about, I think you can talk Mahomes versus Kyler. Running back is certainly wide open. I think wide receivers pretty wide open. Uh, I don't think there's any argument at tight end. It's, it's Kyle Pitts. Not, not even a year from now. It's Kyle Pitts today easily. Um, then, then the argument comes in. So Andrews and Hawkinson have their – uh, have their merit for sure. Andrews is probably playing better than any tight end in the league right now. Uh, I would still have Waller in the top three as well. A little bit younger than Kelsey um, outside of this, this slump, which, uh, and, and now injury uh, over the, the last week or so um, he's, 
he's nearly matched Kelsey in production the past couple of years. Mine would be almost exactly like yours, Pitts, Andrews, and then Waller. Because I don't trust uh, Kittle's injuries. Don't trust him with that. You mentioned Kelsey's wall. And I don't trust Hawkinson's quarterback. And who does that yep. leave us? The one guy that could sneak up that's an old guy is Zach Ertz. Because he, he, he looked involved in the Arizona game. And I just meant, you know, <laughs> you'd have to choose – because Ertz is not young either, you know. But same age as Kelsey, right? But I meant if he's getting eight or ten targets a game, you have to at least consider him. Yes. Am I wrong there, Ryan? Or would you still go with the Hawk or Andrews? Uh, yeah, I don't think I can push Ertz that high. Uh, I think the trade definitely uh, and, and obviously helpful for him, but to me, he's just going to be one of those one of those rotation pieces he's going to have a game like he did on sunday and then next week next week it's rondo moore it's christian kirk or it's uh aj green so there's there's so many weapons there as we talked about with kyler earlier um they're they're just not all going to have those big games so uh that i mean Ertz is 30 as you mentioned he's probably more in that he might he might be outside of my top 12 tight ends right now um yeah he was for me when he was in Philly. Reese, what are you thinking? I was basically agreeing with you, but I'll just – yeah, you're shocked, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> but I was thinking, how crazy is it that from before the season, we are now saying that we'd rather have Ertz than Goddard, at least him, for this season. Yeah. Well, that's what I was going to say. I think that's kind of the more interesting conversation is uh, – because I do think they both – benefited which we we really knew they would you know these arts trade rumors or or even rumors that he could be cut uh, have been going on basically since the end of last season so it, it was pretty clear that once they separated the value of each one goes up slightly but i think i, I think the the growth we saw there value wise from Ertz uh, might push him ahead of of goddard he is older but um or, or, I'm sorry, Goddard is not super young himself, 26 right now. Um, so talk, I mean, comparing a 26-year-old tight end to a 30-year-old, not, not necessarily a huge difference there. Um, so I, I think you can pretty easily make a case to prefer Ertz over Goddard in Dynasty, and certainly in redraft. Oh, yeah. And Ertz has looked a lot, at least in one game, looked, and in the previous game against the Buccaneers, has looked a lot better in those two games, looked better than Goddard has in this entire season. Plus, you're tying yourself to a quarterback in an offense. I mean, the Eagles have a decent chance to lose the Lions this week. And yeah. so you have a chance there to tie yourself to Kyler Murray and the ascending Cardinals or the Eagles who may be circling the drain. Well, sometimes it's that simple, and, and I think tight end is uh, is one of those positions where that's the case. I mean, you look at the two breakout tight ends this year, um, Dalton Schultz and and Dawson Knox. It's probably not even fair to say that of Schultz because he, he did it last year. We just didn't think he would do it again. But uh, not only is he repeating, he's, he's outdoing himself. Um, and – it's got to be pretty obvious that one of the main factors there is I want Josh Allen's tight end. I want Dak's tight end. I want, I want these players in the Cowboys offense in the bills offense in the Cardinals offense and so on. And, and 
when you're looking at tight ends, I mean, Reese, you said it earlier with Detroit and Goff and, and Hawkinson, that hurts him. It hurts him value-wise because we just can't trust that offense long-term. We certainly can't trust uh, Jared Goff. said it on previous podcasts. I'll say it again here. The Lions <laughs> should have drafted Justin Fields, as did half the other teams before was, he went. I was going to say several teams should have, like including your team. <laughs> yeah, I will tell you, Ryan. About, I don't need to bring that. About five <laughs> years ago, I did a tight end study, and I, everything I've seen since kind of confirms it. To have a top elite, so a top six tight end for fancy, either has to be in a prolific offense like Dallas, or you have to be the number one option in the offense. And I think those are the only two ways. You either have to be tied to a great quarterback, or you have to be the number one option. And we've seen that, like Greg Olson was for Carolina. Bless you. But there's only two ways to be a top tight end you know i mean like you can't be the third option or fourth option on an average offense okay so based on that what are we thinking about noah fan right now that's who i was thinking well because he's he's the third option it's not an elite offense yet he's a he's a top six or seven dynasty tight end if you look at rankings or if you look at adp because he's young and he was highly drafted and he he certainly has has shown some flashes Uh, but when you start lining him up like, should we take Fant ahead of Gasecki right now? Who's no? I guess he's probably the. We should call him the second option. Jalen Waddle has already kind of stepped up, I think. But um, or or the guys that I mentioned, Knox or or Schultz, they're certainly not the first option, but they are part of elite offenses. Yeah. Well, you were talking about the draft capital. But the year before Fan was drafted, there was three first-round tight ends, and I'm pretty sure we want none of them. O.J. Howard, Evan Ingram, and David Njoku. Oh, Reese is coming in off the top rope on us, Ryan. And so hey, it's true. Yes. And so that's also why I wasn't as high on Irv Smith as others. Because he does there's no way he's top option. No and, way he's top two option. Right. Or three option if Cook's healthy. And they don't throw it enough. I mean, you look at those guys who put up production. Max Williams, before he got hurt, was outproducing a lot of those other guys. And, uh, you know, Andrews, you could make a case as the top option, he or uh, Hollywood. I think that'd be an argument either way. But, but you guys understand my thought. Is if you're looking for a tight end, you either want the top option on an average passing team. Waller. Right. Or you want... Uh, tie yourself to a, a high-end one. Because if you're not the top receiving option on an average or worse passing team, how often did New Orleans go to the tight end? Very little. Kamara's their number one, right? Yeah, yeah. And there's just not enough targets. And so, you know, like the Jets, do you really want their tight end? No. And I don't so, want any Jets players. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, that was that's that's neither here nor there. And we could argue semantics you know whether it's the second or the third or whether or what constitutes a great offense it's just either the top option or paired in a great offense with a great quarterback that's so you're you want to you want to pick a good tight end that's how yeah i mean i think you just you know you've got to tell yourself the story of how are they becoming relevant right how how does this guy get into my lineup every single week and 
of course, now we've got seven weeks of data to, to do this with, and, and we can talk hindsight. I wish I'd listened to you on, on Irv Smith, though, because I was into him uh, and, and targeting him as, tra- as, a, as a trade option or as a draft target this offseason. And, but you're right. I mean, at best, he was the third option this year. And uh, there, there wasn't any certainty that was the case. Now, of course, the injury, it's, it's not fair to knock him for that. But right. do, we, uh, do we assume he would be um, targeted ahead of, of Justin Jefferson or, or, or Adam Thielen right now? No. So, and, and that's not exactly an elite offense anyway. They've got some elite producers, but elite offense, no, not really. So, yeah, you just, again, you got to tell yourself, the story of, of how do they get there? And if I'd done that, I probably probably would have been off of, of uh, Irv Smith. Yes. Draft capital kills them all the time. Makes them half the time. That kills them even harder on the other. Especially on tight ends. Just ask the Hayden Hurst versus Mark Andrews same year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, to, sorry to hurt you. Yeah, it just pains me. <laughs> so, what... For, you mentioned, you, we've talked about the kitchen sink leagues uh, some during this podcast, mm-hmm. and one of the key aspects of it is the deadies. That's why yeah. you have Lawrence and Fields, and you probably have had some good Debbie players, and that's why they're still on your roster. Probably, I uh, guess, no, you wouldn't have that, but some of your good receivers. So, yeah, um, who have been some of your, who have been some of the college players that have jumped at, out at you so far this season? Um, I think it's been a rough year for a lot of the top Devi players. You know, I mean, if if you look at a uh, if you look at a, a, a Devi draft, especially a super flex Devi draft from this past offseason, there's a decent chance your top two picks were Spencer Rattler and, and DJU from uh, from Clemson. And, and both of those guys have had uh serious falls to say the least in value and production and expectations. Of course, Spencer Rattler getting benched uh, out in Oklahoma, out your guys way. And, uh, and DJU, it's just, I think he actually did get benched on uh, last Saturday. Uh, We'll see who, who starts the rest of the way for Clemson, but both of those guys have struggled. It's been definitely disappointing Um, on a, on a more positive note. I think Matt, uh, Matt Coral for Ole Miss is, has stepped up. He looks like a dual threat option running the ball and, and has been an adequate passer, certainly for them as well. Uh, I, I do get a little worried about chasing players in those type of offenses. They're, they're always going to produce on a college level. And, and does that translate when he's in an NFL offense? I don't know. I don't know if it does. Um, but he, he certainly had a, good year uh really a, a great year so far maybe uh the heisman front runner at this point um isaiah spiller has, has impressed me uh, i think he's probably the rb1 in the class of 2022 uh Traylon burks wide receiver for arkansas has, has been another that uh has definitely caught my eye. i keep saying all these sec guys this is this is what i this is mainly what i watch kentucky my guys finally having a good year so um, i'm enjoying the sec for once in my life so there are two guys in the sec that have uh kind of disappointed we have pickens and we have uh, uh butte down in lsu and uh 
you know, I loaded up on Butte or however you pronounce his last name. Yep, that's it. And I loaded up on him in those Debbie leagues. I liked him, and I was I was worried about Burke's speed. But after seeing him last week, that was a wrong thing to worry about. When he took the end around, and he looked like Debo Samuel to me. He, he's mm-hmm. thick like that. He looks like Debo Samuel. Yeah, it's 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 bully ball with with Traylon Burks. Uh, he's yeah, he's tough. He's tough. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say he looks like a 49ers. He looks like Ayuk. He looks like one of those guys. At least they can get Ayuk's replacement. Yeah, they can yeah, get Ayuk's replacement. You notice Ryan didn't have Ayuk in the top three receivers. That was kind of surprising. Weird. So, Weird how that happened. And also goodness, or Debo, who's been producing so far this season. Yeah, Debo has. But also, what I was going to say, though, Ryan, is like there's a lot of people on Drake London out at USC. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure yeah. about his speed because he he always mosses guys. I you know I just don't know if that if we look at the the archetypes of the receivers that get drafted early. Other than Jamar Chase, most of them are fast or very very good route runners, and not the big physical guys. Right. So I don't know. I don't know who else. Um, who else in the SECs or outside of the SEC has impressed you this year? Anybody know Ohio State or? Yeah, I think I think I hit on on most of my SEC guys that are at the top of the list. I mean, the Ohio State receivers, obviously uh, Olave and uh, Garrett Wilson there as well. Um, <clears throat> let's see who else. You know, so many of these guys, you mentioned Boutte is a 2023 guy. Uh, and that's kind of already been one of the narratives that the 2022 class is not one you want to, to really focus on if you're trading for picks or if you're rebuilding. But look ahead of the, the next full year to, to 2023. And, you know, that's when you've got B. John Robinson. Jeff, you mentioned my tweet earlier suggesting that the, the RB1 wide receiver one tight end one could all be rookies uh a, a little bit of pushback i got on that actually got a lot of pushback on that mostly saying it was jonathan taylor or deandre swift which which i i am am on board with those would be my top two guys um but also had a few suggestions that uh Bijan robinson was the actually the dynasty rb1 meaning that those those players those dynasty managers would rather have Bijan Robinson than than DeAndre Swift or uh, or Jonathan Taylor or Christian McCaffrey or anybody else you want to talk about and um, I mean I love playing Debbie Jeff you know that we played in these leagues for a long time and and I love trying to find these guys before anybody else does or get them on my roster or, or whatever the case may be um, I just think it's crazy to value any college player like that we're we're still uh, we're still a year and a half from putting Bijan Robinson on our, on our real dynasty teams away from Debbie. Um, and, and then, and then who knows, right? I mean, you don't want to think about injury, but that's a realistic option. You know, he could tear up his knee next week and now his value changes. Um, I don't think, I don't think he's the type of player that we're going to see a drop off with, you know, we've seen that a lot, uh, especially at that running back position a player looks like a sure thing and then and then struggles their last year of college or can't make the transition or whatever. I don't think that happens with Robinson, uh, but to value him that highly when he's still 
a couple of years away. Not, not for me. Well, for me, the thing with Robinson is where do you draft him? If you're an NFL team, do you wait for that talent to go into the twenties? Like it did for Najee or ETN, or do you go the opposite route and draft him number four overall, like the Cowboys and Jaguars did in 2016, 2017, or do you find that middle ground pick 15 or so? Yeah. Yeah. You know, the Jets, man, if he's number five to the Jets, he goes south, right? I'd say Jets, that's probably the latest pick they'll have in the next decade. But, you know. Uh, give Zach Wilson a little credit, Dad. He'll get them, he'll get them to at least seven. <laughs> or maybe sure. Herman Meyer can draft him third overall. Yeah. With, with what team? He'll. <laughs> <laughs> um, now, I, I think if you're talking draft value, NFL draft value, where, where a guy like uh, Robinson might project, I mean, he's certainly the cat class. But there's a lot of good running backs in that 2023 class. At least, again, we're we're still trying to project uh, more than a year out. But there's there's definitely a lot of um, backs who look like they could be um, strong dynasty assets and and, and first or second uh, day picks in that draft. So I, I think back to what we saw last year. You know, we thought Jonathan Taylor would be that guy who could be a top five or ten pick in the NFL draft. And of course he ended up not even being the first, first running back drafted. I'm sure the the chiefs would like to have that one back, but uh, regardless, I think what hurt Taylor and what hurt some of those other guys were the depth of the class. So, you know, should, yes, we think Bijan Robinson is the best back in the class, but is he so good that we spend a top five or 10 pick on him? Or can we wait to day two and get Jameer Gibbs? Or can we wait and get Zach Evans? Or can we wait and get, um, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm running out of names already. Tank Bigsby is, is another great one. Another SEC guy too, Jeff, you know, can we wait, can we wait to day two and get one of those guys instead? And so because of that, I, I could actually see Robinson falling, um, you know, to the mid or, or late first round. So two things, first of all, I like Zamir white better than some of those guys you listed. Oh, and we'll be able uh, to get him. White's got speed. So. And he's a big dude. And so, I mean, he looks like what some teams would like in a running back. You know what I mean? That's true. But, but the other thing is those that are saying, who's this B. John Robinson guy? I encourage you to go look up his high school stats where he got a touchdown on like 20 or 50% of his carries. It was crazy. And, and you look and he was playing against good competition but it was for like, high school for high school, but it was like, he was playing against nobodies. He was just so dominant before he injured his knee as a senior, but he was really good. The other guy in the class after that, Ryan, I think is uh Henderson from Ohio state. Mm. And what's that? 24. Yeah. I think he'll be the class. Of, well, as we know now, the class of that. that right. So I think the tough thing with valuing Robinson versus current NFL running backs is just thinking about it from a team building standpoint. If I have a contending team right now, then I want somebody who's going to help me right now. So, I mean, if I've got, if I'm in a Debbie league and I've got Bijan Robinson and I can trade him for Swift or I can trade him for uh, Najee Harris or Jonathan Taylor or, uh, Christian McCaffrey or, or even Alvin Kamara or, or Dalvin Cook, one of the veterans who can help me now and, and presumably next season as well while, while Robinson is finishing out his, his college career. 
I think that's the way I would go. If I don't have a contending team, if I'm tearing it down, rebuilding, productive struggle, looking ahead to the future, then running back is the last thing I'm worried about. I'm looking, I'm trying to lock in my quarterbacks for the long term. I'm trying to build around young wide receivers. And I'm not going to even honestly worry about the running back position until I am ready to contend. And, you know, you could say that I'll be ready in two years. So let's go ahead and get Robinson now. I'm not making that assumption. You know, I, I, I've been able to build teams from scratch, certainly in less than two years, obviously to, to become a contender. Um, But it doesn't work every time. And and to spend what you would have to spend on B. John Robinson right now in the Devi league. um, I'm, I'm just not willing to do it. So uh, it, it sounds crazy, but there's kind of either side of the fence that you're on with him it doesn't necessarily make sense to to roster him right now. It's it's, it's wild to even say that. But there's also a uh, there's an opportunity cost that you're not using that that exactly for two years. I was looking up the stats. I I can't find them quickly, but I was looking up his stats just because they are so outrageous. Uh, his high school stats and uh, so are they he, as crazy as uh, as Derrick Henry's? Yes. I think they're at least that crazy. Oh, wow. And basically the same player archetype, too, with big, yeah. fast, strong dudes. Are you looking it up, Ryan? Yeah, I've, I've got it here. So uh, 2,023 rushing yards uh, and, and 26 touchdowns as a sophomore. Out of how many touches? Um, that was on 189 carries, so it's so, a 10.7 average. So 189 carries, 26 of them were touchdowns, and yeah. that is, you know, I mean, that's like unfathomable. Right. Uh, junior year, 170 carries, yeah, 2,400 rushing yards, 14.1 average, uh, and 35 touchdowns. On so that's one out of what every two. Uh, 35 touchdowns on 170 carries. Oh, 170. So one yeah, out of every five touch, touch, uh, carries. Uh, and, and then senior year, you mentioned the knee injury, missed a couple games. It looks like just played uh, 11 games, 126 carries, 2,235 yards, averaged 17.7 uh, yards per rush, and scored 38 touchdowns so finished his career with over 7,000 rushing yards uh 103 touchdowns he had a 100 yard game 32 times out of 46 <laughs> uh, just to be high yeah just some some crazy numbers well he his freshman year only uh only one 100 yard game out of nine games so he was it looks like he was a backup his freshman year which is understandable oh it's not understandable to me how do you how do you see that guy in practice and go, now nah, we have another guy better? How about Barry Sanders? That is exactly who I think of as Barry Sanders. Pat Jones, you can tell him an Oklahoma State guy. Pat Jones sees Thurman Thomas and Barry Sanders every day in practice and goes, Yeah, we're not gonna give Barry any carries this week. You know what I mean? Like Barry Sanders didn't just when he was a sophomore wake up and be that good. You know, what I mean, like I, I think dude had innate ability. Well, I mean, we, we see it all the time in the NFL. We see, we see coaches uh, who 
are just not apt to give rookies as much playing time as as certainly as we think they deserve, but uh, maybe as much as they do actually deserve or would make sense for their team. And um, I'm sure college coaches are the same way with, with incoming freshmen. Yeah. So you mentioned people not wanting to give uh, playing time to rookies. Well, at least in the words of Bud Grant, it was because that he did not trust their ability not to make mistakes. And according to some veterans, I think it was um, uh, William starts with the K. It's a long last name. I forgot. Oh, Wally something. He's a Hall of Fame center for him. Or Michael. Anyways, that's, now it's going to bug me. But he was like, that held us back on two or three of our Super Bowl teams that we weren't giving our rookies, our good rookies, enough playing time. Yes. Yeah. But some guys are old school in that way, right? And so hard to get older school than Bud Grant. Yes. Ryan, we thank <laughs> you for joining us and talking dynasty and rookies. This time went by quickly for us. We could get, we could have this conversation for hours, but I know neither one of our wives would enjoy uh, <laughs> us uh, checking out for that length of time. <laughs> yeah. I can't, can't get in too much trouble around the house. I try. And Reese tries <laughs> to help me get in trouble. I do not try. <laughs> you don't need any help. <laughs> But Ryan, thank you for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Always fun. Oh, yeah. Bye. Welcome to the Fantasy Football Predictive Analytics with Reese Tiefertiller. Tiller.